The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. This is a last minute decision. I almost was unable to do the show, but uh, I think that uh, perhaps maybe you want to hear from me. And if you want to hear from me and you have something that you want to say to me, you certainly can call in and you can uh, call in and speak to me at 888-346-9144. And I normally tell you what matters to me, and I think I'll tell you again today uh, what matters to me. And it matters to me that we're having a discussion about a young man who wants to play pro football but has acknowledged the fact that he is gay. Uh, that matters to me because it, it has sparked the interest of people who perhaps maybe have no interest in football whatsoever. Everybody's got an opinion about it. And the fact of the matter is, it's really nobody's business except his. And although, uh, again, when I went to the National Football League, I didn't have to tell them, you know, what my sexual preference was. You know, my woman's been on my arm for years, still on that arm, and I'm happy she's there. She's there. But that was nobody's business. And so although I'm happy uh, that the man is able to live his life the way he wants to, uh, is, is there... I'm not sure, because i got to be honest with you. I think on the employment agreement, it's a little different in the National Football League than there's other places, but I've been working in corporate America for quite some time now, and I don't think there's a box on there for me to check what my, what my preference is as it pertains to what goes on in my bedroom. That ain't none of your damn business. You know, I, I didn't necessarily like the attitude of the military, don't ask, don't tell, but it ain't none of your damn business. I think it's one of those things, where I, I think I like saying that. It ain't none of your damn business. You know, it's none of your business. Now, if something happens to this young man, <laughs> you know, on the football field, the only thing that, the again, what they're going to ask, they're not going to ask him, okay, uh, you're hurt, uh, are you gay? That's not going to be, they're going to ask you, where are you hurt, what, what hurts? That's if he's awake, because you know you get knocked out a lot of times on the football field. That's not going to be a question that's going to be asked of him. Okay, what's your sexual preference? So why are we asking and, and I, I'm, I'm going to be honest. Now, I'm going to start some controversy here, if you will. In my opinion, this is my opinion. I think we're allowed to have one. This is talk radio. I think we're allowed to have one. It's just my opinion based upon this. I, I think that perhaps really what happened, just my, it's just my guess. I think somebody was about to out the young man. I, I'm going to be quite honest. 
Because if he had already told his teammates and his teammates were living with this and playing with him at least for the past year. And there were some NFL executives that when asked the question, they're like, OK, well, OK, was that was that supposed to be something that was that new news? Because they knew about it. So why did he come out? I believe I heard him say that he wanted to own his own story. And I'm OK for that. I'm in the business of that. I believe that he has the right to tell someone his story when he wants to tell them his story. So I've just my personal opinion. I'm sitting on it. You know, we all sit on our opinions. We got one. Everybody's got one. I think somebody was about to let the world know what he didn't want the world to know. At least he wasn't ready to tell the world. He told his team. But somehow or another, when he decided to make this decision, he decided to let the world know. Maybe he called a press conference. I'm just going to say this. I think he did it at the right time. Is it a distraction to the team? No. Right now, it's a distraction to the National Football League. And it's not even a distraction because at the National Football League, what they're concerned about is when you get in line to buy a ticket that you, that you got money on your card, uh, you know, that you got cash in your pocket, or that the credit card is good. That's all they care about. They, 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 they don't discriminate when it comes to who can come see a football game. They don't discriminate when it comes to uh, who watches a football game. They, they, they don't discriminate, at least in none of those areas that I'm aware of. I don't think anybody of whatever background has ever been able to go to a game and not get in because of, you know, what they look like or what their sexual preference is. I, I don't think that's the case. And, uh, you know, I think uh, I heard Michael Jordan say years ago about Democrats and Republicans buy shoes. I'm sure there are people who have, uh, you know, who have uh, their sexual preference might be that of the same sex. They, they, they buy tickets. I think, again, this young man just wanted to take ownership of his story because somebody else, he felt as if somebody else was going to take ownership of it. Now, let me go back to what I said. And I'm not even mentioning the young man's name, so I could be talking about anybody. It might be more than one gay young man that decides to come out in the National Football League. We don't know, but I, yeah, I think everybody knows the young man's name. But, you know, this is going to be a hypothetical situation I'm talking about right now. So let me just go on to say this part of it. Why do I think it's best that he does it now as opposed to before, I mean, once he gets drafted? Because, you know, once you get drafted, the team wants to focus on the opponent. And if he were to be playing in the National Football League and the season has started and then this were to come out, it would be very distracting to the team. At least now, if he is drafted, this is going to stay with him for a period of time. Then it's going to become old news. Once he gets on a team, he's drafted by a team, he, he, he goes to many camps. He goes, you know, to preseason. The season starts. Now it's about the next team. It's about the opponent. It's no longer about him. You know, the National Football League is good at staying in the media and creating their own stories. See, when they can't find a story, they'll, they'll find a story. When they can't find a story, they'll find a story. Nobody can find a story. Okay, well, you got to look over there. You got to look over there. You got to travel down there. You gotta, we have a... NFL Network. We need something to talk about, guys. Find the next story out there. 
So did they? I'm not saying that the National Football League pressured him. I'm saying that it's best for the National Football League so that this young man is not a distraction to the National Football League, particularly one team in particular, that the question is thrown out there now to be dealt with. What do you think about it? Ooh, what are you going to say to him? Ooh, what are you going to do if he looks at you? Ooh, are you going to look at him? Ooh. Now, I'm going to tell you this. Listen, one thing about Voice America Sports, we have people on this network who've been in those locker rooms, who've played the game, and who's going to keep it written. I'm going to talk to you about some things, you know, in the past, not in the future. I'm not going to use any names. I'm just going to take you in the locker room to tell you what some of my experience has been. Grown men are just little boys. That's all. Grown men are just little boys. And little boys say mean things, but they're joking. And so now what's going to happen, what's going to happen is little boys who are grown men are going to be joking and they're going to use some words of which somebody may not approve of. You know, some words that begin with, you know, those letters that we don't like, you know, and, and he may be called some of those names, but every other guy in the locker room would be called some of those names, too. Whether they begin with an F, whether they begin with a B, you know, you know, what, you know, they're going to be. That's what's going to happen. That's what you do. That's what boys do in the locker room. You know, somebody's going to go past him. Somebody, you know, but it may be different. But, yeah, you're going to get. OK, like you really don't think you get popped on the ass with a towel. Come on. Really? Boys do stupid things. That's going to happen. That's going to happen. You know, now. Now, something else that might happen, you know, it, it, this is just, I'm letting you know what goes on in the locker room. I'm just saying these things, are, these are what men who've been in locker rooms, these are things we do. These are little boys who become big boys, you know, that we call them men. But they're still little boys. They're, ha- they're still playing a kid's game and they're getting paid millions of dollars to play the kid's game. So they're still playing games. So nothing's really changed a lot in their life after all. And I spoke to a lady yesterday who told me that she saw that these men that play football are really just doing the same repetitions over and over again for things that they were doing when they were children. Nothing's changed much about football. You're still running sprints. You're still tackling. You're still doing drills. You're still catching balls. You know, you're still doing the same thing. And so, yes, when you see little boys in Pop Warner, those little boys grow up a little bit. They go to junior high, and then they go to high school, then they go to college, then they go to pros. But they're still playing little games. And that's what's going to happen. So it's just going to be a matter of maybe now that he's, he's, that he's come out and he says some things, then, then what's going to happen, those little boys are going to start thinking different about him. And, and now, because he, his, his, his sexual preference is different than theirs, they may start thinking, is this okay for us to play those same games with him that we were playing before? It, will, he be, will those games offend him? With those names that we call each other jokingly, you know, or when we're mad at each other. You know, those names, you, you call them when you're teasing them, and then you call them when you're mad at each other, too. Th- those are the same names that you call each other. But now he makes you think about it a little bit. 
it's probably wrong that you call each other those names anyway. But you only call them when you're playing and you know you're playing. And you only call them when you're mad and you really don't care when you're mad. When you're mad, you know, you just do whatever you, you know, your emotions take you to a point where you're out of control. But we know athletes are supposed to be in control at all times. So it's one of those things that it makes you think, where you at, Arsenio Hall? I need you right now. It's one of those things where it makes you go, hmm. Yeah, that's what we're faced with right now. We're faced with one of those moments where we go, hmm, because we just don't know. So we'll find out later. And you're going to be here because we're going to continue to talk about this because it's interesting because everybody's talking about it. So we're going to continue to talk about a gay man in the National Football League. 2014, it's finally going to happen. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. I'll be right back after this commercial break. to the pros we, we cover, everything. cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports so andy serling packed his bags left the city and is enjoying his temporary digs in saratoga but that won't stop us from bringing you playing to win the best online handicapping show for serious horse players catch andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of august on location from the beautiful saratoga race course he and his guests are some of the best in the biz they bring you new insights to making money and they tell it like it is i'm three five one in this race but the three is very much the one to be we're going to completely disagree on this race i absolutely despise her especially at one to two and it's anything but the same old horse racing show this is a nine horse field but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras playing to win with andy serling a show seriously committed to making more money at the game but with a personality this is a dunce cap horse for me if this horse wins next week i got the dunce cap on you bet.com's playing to win presented by the daily racing form look for it the day before big race days mostly fridays find a complete schedule in the daily racing form or click on playing to win at you bet.com you may not know all their names but you certainly know what they did they helped make this game into what it is today now we can do more to help them the nfl alumni association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow to learn more please visit nflalumni.org your internet flagship station for sports voice america sports You know the show. You know the on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. This, you know, this is uh, February. Oh gosh, what is it? Uh, February. February is halfway over with Friday, and I have not, to my, the best of I can remember, I'm not acknowledged the fact that this is Black History Month. So let me just take the time out, if you will, and acknowledge the fact that I am thankful to be here in a state where it, it wasn't. Mm, 
it wasn't the easiest place to to live your life and and to particularly live your life as as a as a black man. Uh, it was the last state of which we wanted to recognize Dr. King's birthday. But sometimes you save the best for last. And and I, I truly feel that about a lot of the state of Arizona. I've been living here about six or seven years. And, and, and it was, I'm sure it was worth the fight for those people that, that fought and sacrificed. I think many times people don't understand, you know, once you have a privilege, you can't ever stop and think about, don't ever stop and not think about of what price was paid for you to be privileged. A lot of people, a lot of people lose a lot. A lot of people lose their lives. So whenever you feel privileged, think about what people paid for your privilege. So I just want to take this time out for, for every black man and woman that ever walked this earth before I did and every sacrifice that they ever made in their life and everything they ever did to just be recognized as a human being you know, most people forget that, you know, most of the time Black History Month is is about, you know, just looking back on the struggles that many black people, you know, had just in order to uh, so that other black people would just have basic human rights. That's all. So if I had to use the bathroom, I didn't have to go two miles down the road. You know, as as my man Cookie Gilchrist said, I, I don't need a black cab. I just want a cab. You know, there are many people who, who were hung from trees. You know, but they're also the good side of black history. There are a lot of uh, great black men and women who have contributed to the United States of America. And, and I'm proud the fact that they did. Proud of the things that I've tried to do to help change people's attitudes and understand that I just want to live my life just like everybody else lives theirs. I want to contribute. If I need help, help me. If I don't, then help somebody else. But I want to help somebody else, too. Everything I do every day in my life, I, I would just love to be able to help somebody. That puts a smile on my face. I can tell you that I've had the privilege of working here at Voice America Sports for six, seven years, you know, and, and this is a, a company of which we have black men and white men. Uh, we have black women and white women. We have uh, people of uh, Mexican descent. You know, you know, we're family. We all get along well here. So I think, uh, you know, we've come a long way as a country. Uh, but we still need to take time out to acknowledge the contributions that African Americans have made in this country, and I'm glad that we do have a Black History Month. So, uh, but in Arizona, sometimes it's hard, man. You next thing you know, it's like, what did it come and go already? The month of February is already short, but sometimes it can come and go. But I'm gonna make sure that I get out to a couple celebrations and and uh, and celebrate uh, Black History. But but let me talk about a little bit of Black History. At the Ohio State University, if I will. I know I'm, I'm going to get back to, you know. By the way, that's, that's, that's some black history there, too. We're talking about a gay man in the National Football League, and he's black. So uh, and I, I'm going to leave it like that. But uh, uh, let me talk about the Ohio State University. I, I'd like to welcome uh, Mr. President. Michael Drake is the 15th president of the Ohio State University, and he happens to be a black man. And I, I saw history. I was watching a program last night or leave it last night or this morning. And he was being interviewed by the only two time Heisman Trophy winner ever in the history of college football. That's Archie Griffin, another black man. And, and that was that was history there. But those are just two men, two men who took every ounce of their life and decided that, you know what, I want to do something unique. I want to be something special. I want to be somebody 
that the world will remember. I'm certainly going to be somebody that the world will acknowledge. They have to. Because what I'm going to do, I'm going to do something nobody's ever done before. Shout out to the President of the United States of America, President Obama, another black man. And although he's biracial, if you want to know if you're black or not, anybody out there always wonder, well, why, why don't you acknowledge the other part of their families? Get stopped by the police. I'm just going to keep it real now. This is real as sports. I'm going to keep it real. I, you know when you're black, when you get stopped by the police. They'll let you know in case you're a little bit concerned or confused. They'll straighten it out for you. But let me go on. Let me talk about the great president of the Ohio State University, uh, Dr. Drake, who I have yet to speak to. I haven't met him. I'm sure he doesn't know who the hell I am, but I know who he is. That's what's important. And I, I think what I want to do, I think I want to call the Ohio State University. I want to make an appointment uh, to speak with uh, Dr. Drake. I'm sure he, he's probably a Ph.D., um, but I, I want to make sure that I speak to Mr. President. And I, and I want to bring him on the show, and I want to ask him what it feels like to be the president of probably one of the most prestigious universities in this country. And, and I want you all to know there's a Fisher School of Business here at the Ohio State University. We got medical schools. Uh, you can get a law degree from, you know, the Ohio State University is an educational institution that bar none could stand up to anybody else. They don't, you know, you, you know, you got your you got your Yales, you got your Harvard's, you got your Princeton's, you know. Yeah, but you also have the Ohio State University. And you get that degree from the Ohio State University. You can hold your head up high, have anything to worry about. You can go to, you can work any place in the world and you can be very productive and, and believe me, they'll recognize you for more than just what we do on the football field and the basketball courts and the track. Another shout out to another African-American man from The Ohio State University, uh, of which uh, I'm sorry, but Hitler, way back, 1936, didn't want to acknowledge the man, but Jesse Owens smoked the, yeah, you know, just tore it up. So I just want to shout out to, to Jesse Owens, too, for being the man he was. Also, let me stay on The Ohio State University. I want to acknowledge some more great black men from The Ohio State University, if you will. Billy Hill. We'll make a sci-fi. You understand what I mean. Billy Hill, one of the first African-American trainers at a major institution in America. Billy Hill going on to heaven. I love that man. Billy Hill. Little short guy. You know, let me tell you something. I didn't care if I had a black trainer or a white trainer. I just wanted a trainer. It just so happened that the one at the Ohio State University was a black man, and he was one of the best in the business. Best in the business. Some black history there. Billy Hill. Shout out to Billy in heaven. Another shout out to another black man. Listen, the Ohio State University, you know what I like? One thing that I always liked about the Ohio State University, the Ohio State University did not care about what color you were. The important thing for The Ohio State University is, okay, who's the best man or woman for the job? Bottom line. Best man or woman for the job. If he's black, he's black. If he's white, he's white. If he, I ain't no green and blue and purple people unless they paint themselves. But whatever racial barriers they were, okay, they were willing to, okay, let's deal with it. Okay, let's, let's do the interview. Okay. Give him the damn job. He the best man for the job. Billy Hill got his job. Head trainer. Mm, awesome man in heaven now. Let's go to the assistant athletic director. One of the first black assistant athletic directors in the United States of America at the Division I school at the level of The Ohio State University, Mr. Delaney. Dick Delaney, God bless him up in heaven. All oh, that man, that man did so much for me in my life. 
<laughs> this man did so much for me in my life. And, and, and the thing about it, if, the, if these men were not contributing to my life, my life would be different. You, you need athletes, need role models, too. These men impact your life in such a way that you just have no clue. But they're there to reinforce you. They're there to support you. They're there to guide you, to lead you. They're there when you need them. When you don't think you need them, they're there. They're checking on you. And you know what they do? They provide inspiration because you're like, wait, is that, the, is Billy Hill the head trainer at the Ohio State University? He, he's not some, is, wait, he's an athletic director at the Ohio State University? Yes. And I'll tell you what. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to just stop there because I, I, I want to give a shout out. I'm going to give a shout out to Cornelius Green. Cornelius Green, one of the first black quarterbacks at a Big Ten school, at a Division I school, at The Ohio State University. Just, you know, breaking all kinds of records, showing up on national TV. People couldn't get in restaurants sometimes. And, and here he was, on, you know, on national TV. He could, people couldn't get in restaurants, but they were sitting, you know, inside these bars watching these black men play football. But the other black men outside couldn't get in the bars, but they were watching Cornelius Green. One of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play at The Ohio State University. Right in the backfield with Archie Griffin. I'm just giving you a little bit of black history, that's all. It happens to be about The Ohio State University, that's all. What, what else can I say? So, but when, but when the new president, Michael Drake, takes over, it's going to be about, not about football, it's going to be about education. It's going to be about this president is going to take The Ohio State University to the next level. Not because he's a black man, because he's the best man for the job who happens to be black. You can't hide that. As I said, just get stopped by the police. You'll find out. You can't hide that. But I just, I do want to acknowledge those men, you know, of which I attended that same great university, received my education from that same great university, and I'm just happy to be a part of that. And I'm happy for them to lead by example, to inspire people to say, whatever it is you choose to be in life, you can be it, whether it be on the football field, whether it be in the office, because people have died for you to have privileges. The privilege of being able to be a citizen that is recognized as a citizen, a whole, not a fraction of a person in the United States of America, of which we used to be identified as a fraction of a person. You are now a whole person who has the opportunity to live your life free in this country and to enjoy, enjoy every aspect of life that any other man and woman is allowed to enjoy in this country, which means if you're a gay man and you want to play pro football in the National Football League, you can do it. And we're going to find out and we're going to see it, at least in preseason. And we'll see if the young man makes the team. You're listening to Rail of Sports and the Voice America Network. I noticed that as I'm going to have to go to a break uh, within this minute. But when we come back, when we come back, is LeBron James just taking a break? I mean, it's All-Star Weekend. Is LeBron taking a break? I think LeBron has played long enough that he knows when he has to do, what he has to do, and how he has to do it. I think LeBron is in neutral right now. That's what I think. LeBron is just, he, 
No, he's just lying down here, lying down here. After all, he's an Ohio player. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and we'll be right back after this message. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. Hi, I'm Ed Krell, CEO of Destination Maternity. We proudly support the March of Dimes work to reduce the rate of premature birth. The numbers have gone down in the past five years, but still, nearly half a million babies are born too soon in the United States each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs to help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit MarchofDimes.com. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. All right, you hear the music, you know the show. Rail Sports on the Voice American Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Let me tell you something else. I, I, I'm, I'm just, it's, it's Black History Month, and I, I've gone like eight, nine, ten days without acknowledging, so I, I want to acknowledge a little bit more black history. In my hometown of Canton, Ohio, in the Hall of Fame city, I would like to announce for the first time ever, these three positions are being held by African Americans at the same time. The executive director of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, Mr. Steve Perry. The superintendent of schools, Mr. Adrian Allison. The president of the school board, Ms. Lisa Singletary. That's Lisa's maiden name. I'm sorry I cannot pronounce her uh, married name. I don't know what it is. But those three people in those three positions 
is the first time in the history of Canton, Ohio, that those three people have held those prestigious positions. And the deputy mayor, Mr. Fonda Williams. And I, I, again, America's changing. You know, anybody, there's no excuses. I mean, you can make an excuse for anything if you want to try. I I can make an excuse, but I I don't want to make excuses. Excuses are tools of incompetence. They build monuments of nothingness, and those who so often use them seldom amount to anything. Yeah, I learned that way back in, ooh, 1979 from the Omega Sci-Fi fraternity. Again, excuses are tools of incompetence. They build monuments of nothingness, and those who so often use them seldom amount to anything. So I'm not going to make any excuses anymore. Just go for it. Just the attempt. Just try it. If you fail, that's okay. But you try. The win is in trying, making an attempt to do whatever it is you want to do in this world. Just go after it. Just go for it. (laughs) You know, we used to make a joke about, you know, black man being the president of the United States of America. Some people still think it's a joke. That's okay. That's all right. It happened. Um, mm, Another shout out. Another black history moment. Somebody I I, I was on a panel with. I certainly didn't believe I I deserved to be there. Uh, First black woman in space. Mae Jemison. Yeah, I got a chance to meet May uh, years ago, and I think it was in Delaware. We were on a panel, and uh, and we got a chance to to speak with one another. A uh, beautiful lady, I mean, outside and inside, obviously brilliant, and obviously whew, bigger than mine, because you ain't getting me. Yeah, I'm scared on an airplane, let alone the space shuttle. I'm not gonna do that for what. But I had the honor and the privilege to meet Miss May Jemison. And it, it, it truly was an honor. It, it was a privilege. You know, it's one of those things where you meet somebody and you're like, wow, really? Am I, why am I here? Why, why am I meeting this person? What, what have I done to be here, to be recognized, to be on the same stage of this person who is the first black female to ever go in space? May Jemison. So that was an honor and that was a privilege for me to, to meet her. So, okay. That's a couple, you know, black history moments for me uh, that I that I wanted to acknowledge. So um, let me also um, let me also say that um, I want to get back and talk about LeBron, because in case you didn't know, LeBron happens to be from the state of O.H. Can I get an I.O.? Okay, I got an I.O. from someplace, somewhere in the world. Somebody said 888-346-9144 if you want to call in and give me that I.O. Uh, but I'm just looking at the basketball season here, and, and and I think some people really think that you know Indiana really has a, a chance uh, uh, to unseat LeBron and, and and the Miami Heat, but I think that people forget that you know great athletes. You the only part of a great athlete that really is on display most of the time is his physical prowess. There's an intellect to a person that achieves. In any profession, you cannot achieve the level of greatness and success that they achieve if you're not an intelligent individual. And, and, and there's different levels of intelligence, you know, based upon what you're doing um, that will allow you to have an edge over somebody else. And, and certainly in sports, you know, you know, you need to apply your intelligence to how you play the game how you exert your energy, when you exert your energy, um, you know, 
your physical prowess, all, all that is meant. I always tell people when I listen and watch games with individuals that perhaps maybe haven't watched them with me before, there are very few times when I watch and I see anything that's dealing with an, uh, an athletic endeavor where I say that, okay, that's a physical mistake. Because they're basic fundamentals that go along with every sport that, that you're taught. And so because you're taught something, you know, to me, that's, that's, that's knowledge. And so knowledge, you know, you recall the things of which you've been taught at a split moment second and you make it happen. So it's, a, it's all back in your brain. You know, sometimes people can have I can be in a conversation with somebody and I'll have one of those football moments, whereas, you know, my head's been, you know, hit a few times. So there is some information that's in my head, but it's not at, the, you know, at the front of my brain where it can, you know, come out of my mouth. It's way in the back someplace. And there are times when I know the question they're asking me or the information they're looking for from me is there. And I'll say, you know what, it's, it's, it's almost on the tip of my tongue. But I don't know, just, you know, let's have, continue to have these discussions and it'll come to me. Well, sometimes it comes quicker than others. But, but, but then there are other times when I can tell you that, you know what, I know we talked about that, but guess what? It's nowhere. I, I'm, it's nowhere to be found. It's in the database someplace. But guess what? That search engine right now is stuck on stupid. And I'm not going to be able to tell you the answer to what you're looking for that I know I know. But right now I'm stuck on stupid and it's not there. So give me a day or two and it might come back to me. Get back to LeBron. That man right now, LeBron has won two championships in a row. So and LeBron's been in the playoffs all these years. Come on. LeBron's been playing the game 11 years now. There are things that he didn't know before that he knows now because he's he's been to the top of the mountain. He's seen it. He's won it. And then he won it again. And then he's been in some, some championship series and he's lost. And so he knows the difference in what he did when he won and what he did when he lost. And so now LeBron is almost on autopilot. He knows what he needs. And see, there are some guys that are playing so hard. I'm going to get those guys over to the Pacers. I'm going you know, to give them some credit. Shout out to Mo Cheeks. I, you know, that's just I don't know why the Pistons. Okay, maybe I do. But come on, that's Mo Cheeks. Can he? Can a brother get a little longer chance? Can he get a year in at least? But let me go back again. LeBron, you know, the bottom line is he knows what he needs to do. The Pacers, they think they know it. They, they are exerting so much energy. The Pacers are playing the season as people say you should play the season one game at a time. Check this out. Once you've won, once you've gone to the playoffs, you've been to the championship series, you've won and you lost, you now can take a different approach to it because you know that, guess what? We have to play one game at a time because it's on the schedule. But in terms of what's the goal of each game, they can change. Once you've won, you know what it takes. Once you won, you know that really all we got to do is get to the dance. And that's when the season really starts. What you're seeing now is you're seeing the Indiana Pacers playing at a pace and, and at an energy level of which they are, they're stuck in that mode 
win every game. Whoever we play every game, we got to win. We got to win big and we got to destroy everybody. We go out with all the energy and start all our energy. And guess what? That might not be the case. You need to look at it. The turtle beat the rabbit. LeBron got something going on there. This man, I think he's mastered something now. I think now LeBron is now trying to become, you know, he, he's, it's his intellect that he's working with now. He's not so much, you know, the, the, you know, the physicality of the game. He knows how he, he's got that part down. LeBron was the most physical man to play basketball ever. There's never been a man as big and strong and as good as LeBron James in the history of basketball. Just, I mean, come on. I mean, let's, let's be honest. The man's already got a couple championship rings, so he's legitimately, you know, in that conversation about the greatest of all time. Nobody's been as big. Nobody's been as strong. Nobody's been as fast. Nobody's had as much control over the basketball yet. They didn't jump any higher. They weren't, you know, they couldn't shoot any better. The percentage-wise, maybe they shot a little bit better, but come on, really? He's just, he's, he's a freak of nature, and he's won championships. And so, you know, going down is probably the greatest specimen to ever play basketball. I don't think there's, you know, there's a question about it. LeBron could do it all. They talked about it this morning on one of the big boy shows. LeBron could play four positions, and he could play five if he needed to. After all, Magic did it in the championship game. I think Magic's like 6'8". LeBron's, you know, 6'8", 6'9". You know, he could, if he had to play center, he, he probably could play center. But LeBron, LeBron could play all five positions on the court. And that's how you truly separate guys. You look at where, where's his liability? Where is he going to be? Mm, we got to cover up from him you know, in this area. We need somebody to help him out in this area. LeBron has no liability to his game. He, he, there's, there's nothing that you can question about the man's game. He's addressed everything he could address. If nothing else, he'll address it in the offseason, come back next year, and it'll be better. The man is just right now, for all you who think LeBron, oh, he's, LeBron, he's got it. He knows what he's doing. He's now working off wisdom that he's gained over 11 years in the National Basketball Association. Uh, LeBron James, 11 years? Wow. Time flies. Okay, time is flying now. This segment is about to be over with. I'm going to have to take a break. I'm going to come back, though. This last segment, well, I'm going to surprise you a little bit this last segment. But you are listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. And, of course, I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. 
despise her, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. You may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And, uh, you know, it's really interesting that uh, I'm taking a look at that, uh, some stuff out there, and they're talking about the Cleveland Browns. And, 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 and the question is, why roll the dice on Johnny Manziel when Tim Tebow is available? <laughs> you know, really, come on. <laughs> It's bad enough that I had to get stuck or I had to go through Denver. Well, you know what? It wasn't bad that when I left the Super Bowl, when I had to come back, I had to go through Denver. And I felt bad for a while because I didn't want to be in Denver. But then again, it was, it felt good. All of a sudden, I thought that they felt like they made me feel all those years because they got smashed. I mean, they got really smashed. We didn't get smashed when they beat us, but... The bottom line is they beat us, so you might as well smash us. Don't, you know, a win is a win. But anyway, the conversation, really, Cleveland? Now, now, I'm hoping this did not come out of Cleveland. Why roll the dice on Johnny Menzel when Tim Tebow is available? And I'm just going to tell you this. You know, Russell Westbrook is unique. I, I just don't think that there are all those quarterbacks out there in the National Football League, they're, they're not all wired the same. They're, they're different men. They're different individuals. And they think differently. And their approach to the game is different. Russell Wilson. Yeah, that's right. Russell, last name, Wilson. Shout out to Uncle Charlie. I think Russell understands that his, bo- his body is, is not a running back body. You know, Marshall Lynch isn't that much bigger than Russell. But he can't take the punishment. You're a quarterback, you know, sometimes you can dress something up and it can, it may look like, you know, that old thing, you know, look like a duck, walk like a quack, like it must be a duck. No, it ain't, a, it ain't always a duck. Okay. So, you know, just because you can run like somebody else, you're fast than somebody else, you're not a running back, you're a quarterback. I love the way Russell Wilson plays the game. It's like, listen, you know, he's, he's like a Franco Harris at quarterback. He runs out of bounds. He's smart. Johnny Menzel, he's an intelligent man, but he, his, in terms of his football IQ, Johnny Menzel plays football like he's a running back or something. 
He don't even play like a wide receiver because wide receivers, I'm mad at wide receivers. They running out of bounds and everything else. I mean, you, you saw the Super Bowl, hell, you know, it's, I mean, you saw the Saints playoff game. You know, wide receivers sometimes, they just lose it. They don't know what they're doing at times. But Johnny Manziel plays football like a running back. He's not a running back. Now, Russell Wilson can last in the league longer than a Johnny Manziel because he's smart about it. It's hard. When you get to that level, it's hard to change your stripes as a football player. Now, it happens from time to time. People go from playing one position to another position. And I, I've done it. I, I, I did it. I went from a corner at the Ohio State University to a strong safety in the National Football League, which is, you know, kind of unheard of in my generation for sure. But I did it. I wanted to play. Now, I've had this conversation before. If Tim Tebow wants to play football, he's not a quarterback. Tim, just realize the guy gave you a talent. If you really want to play football, you want to use the football platform to, to deliver your message of the word. Go play another position. But Cleveland, please do me a favor. I got to say this. I don't think long term, long term, not just two years or three years, long term. I don't think that Johnny Menzel, no. Because, see, I really don't believe that Johnny Menzel can. Now, the best thing that probably happened to Johnny Menzel is Russell Wilson, who won a Super Bowl and performed extremely well. That was probably the best thing that ever happened for Johnny Menzel. He's the, he, he, that's the best cheerleader he could ever have. Wasn't even cheering for him. He's just playing a game. He's playing the Super Bowl. He was loose as could be. But it made people think. Another Arsenio Hall moment? Mm, maybe. No. Cleveland, no. Don't do it. Please. Please don't do it. He's not, not for us in Cleveland. It's, it's just not. It's just going to be, it'd be years and years and years again. You know, then we'll have to find another quarterback. Because if you invest in money, you got to give him two, what, three years? So that's going to be three more years. Then you're going to have to draft another quarterback who might be the right quarterback. going to be the three. That's three years, and you're going to cut him. It might be three years before you take another. So that's going to be six. If you do that, it means it's six years before I see the Browns back in the playoffs. Now, he could possibly get you in the playoffs. But you know what happens when you get to the playoffs? Here's what I want you folks understand once you get to the playoffs in the National Football League well depending upon what game it is if it's an AFC championship game or if it's a Super Bowl listen, if it's an AFC or NFC championship games and somebody hits somebody in a way of which it's it's defined as a uh, a, a hit of which is uh, not allowed in the National Football League they probably will get a hefty fine but they probably will not suspend them for a Super Bowl so what you do in the mind frame is when you get to the playoffs is listen, okay, let's just, we'll pay the fine. Everybody puts some money in the pot, we'll pay the fine, but somebody got to go. Somebody got to get him because he's got to go so we can win this game. So wide receivers, running backs, quarterbacks, once the playoffs come, man, you, it's open season. During the regular season, it's, it's just regular season, and you could be suspended for a game. It's going to be hard. For the National Football League to suspend a guy during the playoffs for a playoff game. You can hit him hard. You're gonna, it's going to cost you some money. I don't think it's going to cost you a suspension. That's just, that's just what I believe. I believe, you know, the National Football League is the National Football League. Not for long. And then not for long, you know, applies in a lot of different things. It's like, well, you know, you will find you, but it, it, not for long. You know, we, we, we're we not going to suspend you, you know, because it's playoff time. Oh, no. 
I can't do that. And then when they find you during the season and suspend you, it's not for long during the season. So just just think about that as we as we look back and we think about what's going to happen. And that just came up as I was, you know, on my tablet looking at a couple of things that I wanted to talk about. And I just wanted to, you know, I, I had to say something about that. I also want to shout out to my hometown, Canton, Ohio. I got to go back. And talk. I just got to go back just a minute. I got, you know, I went and stopped in a junior high school, Crenshaw Junior High. Shout out to another black man, Mr. Crenshaw. Woo. A school's named after. Now, you know you, come on, you know you've done something. They name a school after you and you a black man. And this is in Canton, Ohio, like in the 70s. 68, Dr. King just got killed, and they named the schools after you? Shout out to his daughter, Kim. Kim's an attorney. Kim's probably all over the world, international attorney. She's just doing great things from great Hall of Fame city of Canton, Ohio. But anyway, I stopped through Crenshaw Junior High, and of course then I went to the great high school of Canton McKinley, which of, by the way, the Pro Football Hall of Fame is on that high school campus. And I got a chance to walk through those hallways and saw some real interesting stuff when I looked up on the wall. They spelled the name right. And you know, I, was, I was proud and I was happy to be back there. And I want to give a shout out to that high school for all the good things and all the good people that they've turned out from that high school that have gone on to major institutions and done a tremendous job to represent Canton, Ohio, not only just in, in sports, but in business. Done some great things and some great people have come through there. And, and I'm, I'm really happy about that. And I, I want to make sure that, that, uh, that I gave those folks a shout out. And um, I also want to say one other thing now um, about the Cleveland Browns. And, of course, their general manager, Ray Farmer. Uh, you know, and Ray has said that uh, what they want to do. Again, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, uh, it appears to me that we got some more black history going on there. Um, but... Uh, what we need to do is we need to uh, build a winner. And that's all I wanted to do. I, I wanted to finish this show just talking about building a winner. And I w- want all those young black men out there in this world to know that there are people on your side. They, they want to see you succeed. I want to see you succeed. I don't want you to walk down the street and, and people see you coming and they cross the other side of the street. I don't want you to walk down the street and, and you're sagging. I, I don't want that. I want you to be a decent human being that represents his family, himself, his city, his country, his friends. No longer, you know, does a person have to be afraid of a man because he's a black man. They never should have been. They never should be. You shouldn't do anything to make them feel that way. And, and when you make them feel that way, I, I want you to know that, that not only... When that, when, when that happens, they don't only feel that way about you. They feel that way about me, too. And for some reason, I got something blinking on here. And I don't know what's blinking on here. But, oh, I, I've got I'm good. I got a couple more seconds before I end. I think I got about, ooh, I may have a couple more minutes. But I, I want to continue to inspire um, every, young, every young man. But in particular, I want to inspire, um, I think I want to inspire, oh, well, I'm sorry. I know who I want to inspire, but I want to inspire a young black men. I want to inspire all men. When I go to schools and speak to men, I speak to all men. And particularly, I speak to young black men that are struggling with finding out who they are and what they want to be. I know what we need you to be. We need you to be productive citizens in society. 
and all that old BS. <laughs> Let's forget about that. And, and listen, live your life and live your dreams and enjoy yourself. And if the young man by the name of Michael Sam is the best linebacker in the National Football League, whatever team he lands on, I hope he does his best. And I tell you what, it's none of my damn business. And it's none of yours who he sleeps with. You've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Thank you for spending this hour with Ray Ellis Sports. We hope that you've enjoyed today's conversation. For more information and to write Ray, visit RayEllisSports.com. That's RayEllisSports.com. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.